Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. everyone welcome to our podcast i'm daphne and i'm gina and this is this week in skating the 2024 european figure skating championships will take place this week in Connes, lithuania it's the first time that lithuania has hosted the european championships and we know someone who's going to be traveling to that event our producer and journalist for icedance.com Matteo Morelli. So before he heads out for Lithuania, we've asked him to join us for our preview of the event. Welcome back, Matteo. Hi, Matteo. Hello. Thank you. <laughs> nice to be back. And yeah, I'm packing my bags with a lot of very uh, thick stuff to wear there in very cold Lithuania because I heard it's freezing. Yes. Yeah. I was seeing uh, photos on um, social media with snow and cold temperature so yeah you better dress warmly it feels like yeah, that, so that here. This morning, like in may the, the weather this morning it's uh it was minus 20 celsius degrees this morning there okay uh, which is quite cold i can yeah. guarantee you <laughs> yeah i don't know the whole fahrenheit uh, celsius thing that i you can't know what? figure I'm out gonna, i'm gonna look it up <laughs> okay okay yeah uh, it's about 32 degrees Oh. So it's about freezing, yeah. Oh, okay. It's about okay. what it is, I think, Gina, for us. It's like, about what it is right now for yeah. Yeah, a typical winter day in western New York. Yeah, in New England. <laughs> it's <laughs> snowy and cold. So I have heard, though, Mateo, that it is war- much warmer in the rink than it is yes. outside. Um, because Eureka, who is photographing the event for IDC, is already there. And she's, that's what she said to me earlier today. She said, yeah, it's cold, but it's warmer in the rink. Yeah, I was asking a few contacts as well, because I remembered European Championships in uh, Graz, Austria in 2020, was in a an industri- industrial area, and it was freezing. So... <laughs> This venue is actually beautiful. I don't know whether you had a chance to look at it, but they they have a fantastic setting with this beautiful purple color, which is the color of uh, the European Championship this year. I've seen the press conference room as well, which looks phenomenal. It looks like a conference room, and the view is of this uh, river behind the arena with this park. It looks phenomenal. I cannot wait to go there and see it in person. Yeah, I saw the purple, and I automatically thought... Of IceDance.com. I was like, that's perfect <laughs> colors for IceDance.com. And Danielle Earl, your purples. 
Yeah, we're all about the purple. <laughs> it's definitely a signature color for both of us. <laughs> Indeed. Yeah. So really, this event wasn't actually supposed to take place in Lithuania. Remember, like, wasn't this supposed to be in Hungary, right? Yes. That's correct, yeah. And then at the beginning of 2023, uh, the Hungarian Federation had to pull out because of financial reasons. Uh, which was, of course, it's always a shock to the system when something like this happened. But I think the ISU have got experience in reorganizing events in new locations. So there was a call for uh, bids to host events and Kaunas in Lithuania was eventually awarded, I think, around June 2023. So they had a few months to, to come up with what we are going to see this week. But it looks like so far they've done an amazing job. Yeah, the ISU has gotten used to this because with the pandemic and countries pulling out of holding Grand Prix or Grand Prix being removed, they've had to pivot a lot. I mean, we had a four continents held in Tallinn. Oh, yeah. Remember <laughs> <Yep>. that. <laughs> so they've gotten pretty good at finding new host locations especially on short notice, but, you know, let's see what Countess has to offer for this European Championships. Yeah. So we have 32 countries that will be represented in Europeans. Yep. Um And, Mateo, I like this. I'm going to look it right in our document here because you broke it all down <laughs> for us. 32 men, 33 women, 18 pairs, 33 ice dance teams. So that's a total of 116 teams or 167 athletes. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it's quite a large number, isn't it? It's probably as big as the world championships, but given that there are 32 countries there, you have to expect such a large <laughs> delegation of skaters to be there. Oh, yeah. definitely. And we also, we've got three world medalists coming to this competition. Luna Hendricks, who won bronze. Conti and Machi, who won bronze, and then Guignard and Fabri, who won silver. Plus, we have all the reigning European champions competing, and four of the Grand Prix finalist medalists are here as well. Uh, the one, only one that I mentioned previously, um, the only one out of the ones I met, just mentioned for being world medalists. The only ones missing from that list, Haas and Volodin won gold at the Grand Prix final. They're a brand new team, which we will talk about. Um, Conti and Machi won silver at the Grand Prix final. Guignard and Fabri won silver. And Luna Hendricks won silver. Those are all the Grand Prix final medalists that will be competing in Lithuania. Yeah. And... Uh, Gabriella Papadakis and Guillaume Cizeron will be performing in the gala. So that's mm -hmm. an exciting um, for fans to get to see them skate because we don't get to see them skate much anymore. Yeah, they do a lot of galas. They do a lot of shows in Europe. Like, I feel like in the U.S. we don't get to see them at all, really. Yeah. But in Europe, they are doing a bunch of the tours and shows. So they do get a chance to watch them. Yeah. Yeah, on, just on Saturday, the 6th of January, they were in Bologna in Italy, performing on Bolognese, uh, which included skaters uh, like Ilya Malinin, uh, Jason Brown, uh, Maya Merenis Beites. So it was quite a nice bunch of people. And as you said, uh, Papadakis and Ciceron were there as well. 
All right, so now that we talked a little bit about the event itself, maybe we'll just go in and start with the men, and we'll talk about the men. And as Daphne mentioned, we have all the reigning European champions competing, and that includes the men here with Adam Siho Himfa, the reigning European champion who's coming in as disappointing short program at the Grand Prix final did finish fourth, but he was kind of the favorite all season on the Grand Prix final. He rebounded the week after with French nationals, but I'm hoping he's not feeling the pressure coming into Europeans as the reigning European champion and can skate like how we saw him on the Grand Prix series. Um, you know, cause I, I kind of think he's, pretty much the favorite here again. Um, and I, you know, I've just been, you know, watching him all season and I, and I feel that he, I'm hoping he has those performances we saw earlier on the, on the series. Yeah. And if you think about it at the Grand Prix final, as you said, he had a, a, a couple of issues in the short program, but a few days later, both he and Kevin flew back to France for the national championships and actually Adam Siahimfa delivers there and he yeah. became national champion. So he's capable of delivering and definitely is the one entering this event with the highest scores, the highest results this season, last season. And fingers crossed he can hold it together and deliver. Yeah, yeah definitely. I hope he just is, you know, maybe with the fact that he was considered the favorite for the final, maybe in those nerves he had and the feeling, the pressure, maybe now he knows how to deal with it. So that way here at Europeans, he's not feeling that pressure as the reigning European champion and and can deliver two strong uh, skates. Also got to mention Matteo Rizzo. Um, He is the reigning European silver medalist. Now he withdrew from Italian nationals just a few weeks ago to, I think really to focus on Europeans. Um, and he was third at Skate Canada, fourth and in, in a spa. Um, did you find out, Matteo, that he's got a new short program? Uh, yes, Golden Skate posted today that during the practice he came out with a new music for the short program. So he's skating on Two Men in Love by the uh, Irreprensible, which is uh, the same music that he had for the long program in the Olympic year. So it will be interesting to see that. And he's not the only skater that changed music across the season, because also uh, Nikita Starostin of Germany changed the short program music at Nationals. So it will be interesting to see uh, uh, skaters that I've actually seen before this season, but with a new music and program uh, (laughs) coming into this event. Yeah, it's interesting when skaters change programs right before like a big event, um, seeing how well they do with that. also, we have to mention the surprise from last year's Europeans, which is Switzerland's Lucas Britschke. I mean, he was third in NHK, fourth at Grand Prix France. You know, I don't think you can count him out again to repeat being on the podium. No, definitely not. <laughs> he was very strong at, at Swiss Nationals, I think, a couple of weeks ago, and um He's there. He's got good programs. He got he's got good jumps. Uh, the audience love him as well, particularly his free program on his African music. So he's definitely one to keep an eye on and see what he can do and deliver again this year. And then one person I also want to mention too, um, hoping to come into Europeans with a maybe like a fresh start, given what happened at French Nationals, is Kevin Amos. 
Um, what a different, disappointing French Nationals for him. So he's coming in to Europeans looking to rebound. I think a lot of people may just be counting him out or are a little bit surprised that he was even named to Europeans based on what happened at French Nationals. But, I mean, his Grand Prix season was decent. I mean, he made the final. He was second at Skate America, third at in a spa, and then he was sixth at the Grand Prix final. So I'm just hoping he comes and delivers um, regardless of his placement, maybe. I just would like him mm. just to have really – because he's got really good programs this season. I just want to see him deliver two strong programs um, and definitely – make it known that that French nationals was just a fluke um, and that he is looking strong. And we can most is all about his mental state mainly, isn't it? So mm-hmm. He has to get into the event with that confidence, with that state of mind that is quite relaxed and allowing him to just get in, get the bad emotion and anxiety away from him and deliver. Uh, he's capable of even winning the continental title for that matter. Let's not forget the last year at the World Championship, he was fourth. Yeah. Yeah. That's true. a massive mm-hmm. result for a skater. Yeah. Adam was not fourth. <laughs> he was fourth. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so you never know. It's quite mm-hmm. unpredictable. Yeah. But when he's there, he's there. <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> Consistency seems to be an issue. And yeah. Maybe he can take what happened in Nationals and put it in the proper perspective and can really put his best performances out at this competition well is there anyone else Matteo you would like to mention for the men uh, I think we probably need to keep an eye on the Italians uh, so the, the Italian delegation has three men we talk about Matteo Rizzo they also had Nicolai Memola which is coming into the senior season it's not his first European Grand Prix um, sorry European Championships but he can deliver a good skate uh, if is able, you know, to yeah, to skate clean and to deliver the artistry that he's able to deliver. Gabriele Frangipani as well. He's been around for quite a while as well, and he's also capable of uh, potentially threaten. You know, that we never know what happens at these competitions. If there are good skates on one side and bad skates on the other side, we can see results being <laughs> totally unexpected. <laughs> yeah. And someone yeah. that, like Gabriele Frangipani could be there threatening for a podium finish. He's got the numbers. This is this season has got scores that if you compare them with the rest of the skaters at this event, could easily place him in the top five. And let's see. And um, maybe another one to mention uh, is Denis Vasiliev. So he got the bronze two years ago, but this season has he's not been shining yet as much as he could be doing. So again, he's one of these skaters that could be able to pull together the skate of his life and win another medal. But the current results in the season suggest that he's probably not there yet to do so. But let's see. We cannot predict the event. We'll, we'll see what happens with him. Yeah, and with Matteo Rizzo withdrawing from Italian Nationals, there's a new Italian champion, Nicolai Memola, uh, actually beat Frangiapani there. Italy has not named their world team yet, so this, I mean, placements here might count. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's yes. a good test for all of them. Okay, so let's move on to the women. We have back again Anastasia Gubanova, the reigning champion. 
She maybe didn't have her best Grand Prix season. She got two sixth place finishes. However, she seems to come through sometimes when it counts, like last year at Europeans. So what are you expecting from her and some of the other competitors here? Uh, and as you said, yeah, Gubatnova is probably, you know, this season she's not been shining too much. And she's capable of the rearing a, a good skate. But I think last year, for instance, you know, I would say that quite confidently, Luna Hendricks of Belgium is the favorite to win the title this year. But I was thinking exactly the same last year. And then last year, she ended up in silver medal mm -hmm. position. So I'm hoping that Luna is able to, to get the continental crown that she wants to get. And um, I think that this year she's getting into the, 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 the season with a lot of confidence. She won Skate America, so she uh, she earned a gold medal in a Grand Prix, which is great. Uh, she's got a, a silver at the Grand Prix final. She actually recently had an interview with the Belgian media where she said something around the lines of the world title is not something that I can aim for if Kaori Sakamoto is delivering a great, the, the skate that she's capable of because she's on a league of her own. Mm -hmm. But if Kaori does a few mistakes and I do an excellent skate, you don't know what could happen. But she was kind of admitting Kaori's there. She's phenomenal. But I don't know whether the implication was I'm right behind her. Watch me. <laughs> yeah. I'm not sure whether that's what she meant, but continent, <laughs> at, at continental level in Europe, she's the strongest skater. By far. Mm -hmm. And definitely, Gubanova has got a very, um, she needs to pull out a very strong skate to confirm the continental title again uh, against a Luna Hendricks, which is a great shape this season. And also from Belgium, we have Nina Pinzarone. She's very young, but what a season she, she's been having. She qualified for the Grand Prix final, where she ended up just outside of the podium in fourth place. And um, yeah, I think that she's definitely one that we got to keep an eye on. And I wouldn't be surprised if the podium would have two Belgian flags this year at European Championships. Yeah, and that would be history. I don't think we've ever had no. two uh, women from Belgium on the podium. And they've been quite, both of them have been really making history for Belgium this year and putting Belgium on the map for women's figure skating. Yeah, I think Luna has really set... The bar for Belgian skating, especially the last couple of years, and she has continued to kind of break the ceiling of what accomplishments there can be. Um, she is someone who, when you watch her, you can't help but see the joy in skating, I think, and for Nina Pinzeroni to be kind of following right behind her now and... Yeah, they're on the cusp of setting yet a, a, another record of, oh, here's another result that we've never achieved before in Belgium. Well, we can't forget Kimi Rapond of Switzerland, who is the reigning, she was the surprise reigning um, bronze medalist. She withdrew from Grand Prix Spa, um, but she did win her title, her Switzerland title. Um, so I feel like you can't really count her out too much, too, even though I know, was it an injury that kind of kept her out from a spa and um, 
so yeah, I, I feel like she could be like a dark horse to be on the podium. Yeah, and she's a fighter, isn't she? So even at the Grand Prix of France, where she ended in 10th place, so it was not definitely the result that she wanted. I can tell you, though, that you could see that the fire was there, but definitely there was something that was not right, which is the physical injury that she was recovering from or suffering. She, I think she she got the injury at Nebelhorn Trophy. So it's something that she had for a few weeks, and then she took the right decision, which is, I need to pause myself. So she withdrew from Espo. And it seems like she's back in a very good shape because the national competition that she delivered was quite strong. So let's see. <laughs> yeah. Now you've been telling me about the women in Italy, Matteo, because um, mm. we all, when you did an article with Lara Naki Gutman, you were like, she may not, you know, win her title in Italy and that there's a, could be a possible new Italian champion, and it was Serena Joss, um, who won Italian nationals, and so she could possibly be in a dark horse here to be on the podium at Europeans, right? Yeah, I'm wondering whether this is a Kimi Rapun of this year type of story. So as much as Kimi won bronze last year unexpectedly, I wonder whether Sarina could be someone that we need to keep an eye on and see how well she can do and whether she could medal because anything could happen. But she's been quite strong. She won quite a few events. Uh, she won the Italian title. The scores are there. And yeah, let's see. <laughs> Anyone else in the women's event you think we should keep an our, our eyes out for? Um, I, I think the rest of the field have been a little not as strong or consistent um, to to be able to to challenge the top spots. But again, we can keep an eye. There are still skaters like um, Olga um, Mikutin of Austria that could deliver a good scale, skates or Ekaterina Kurakova of uh, Poland. So they, we know that they've been out there. They, they're quite well known. They're beautiful skaters. They just have to be delivering uh, the skate that they need to to be a threat for a medal. And currently this season, they've been a bit more behind, I think, compared to the rest of the field that we've just been talking about. But never say never. Right. <laughs> That's the beauty of these sports. <laughs> <laughs> right. Very much so. Well, let's move on to pairs. And what an exciting field we have in the pairs event with yes. <laughs> I feel like it's been like this way all season the German and Italian matchup I feel like it's just <laughs> so dramatic if I say it like that oh I'm loving it <laughs> I'm loving it <laughs> <laughs> but uh, we mentioned of course um Minerva Hase and uh Bologna. they're a new team they've only been skating this season really but they've won so many gold medals so far they won the Grand Prix final <laughs> their first year together it's insane thinking how much they've achieved but it's a very tough competition because the Italians were a fraction of a point behind them so it's not that you know they were relaxing uh, into their gold medal they had to fight for it and Conti and Machi want to keep impressing they are back they are strong they got the world um, medal from last year they are the current European champions, and you can be guaranteed that they want that medal again. Uh, sadly, they were not seen that they could not attend the national championships of Italy because Sarah had a, I think, a 
blue type of fibers. So they had to, to weed bro because she was not in a condition of being able to skate. And uh, Rebecca Gilardi and Philippe Ambrosini ended up winning the national title for the first time, actually. But still, uh, Conti Amaci are there and they want to pull up a fight to, to show what they're capable of and what they can achieve. So we'll, we'll see, I think, a very good competition there. Yeah. And it's not just those two teams. I mean, you just mentioned Rebecca Gilardi and Filippo Ambrosini, but we also got Annika Hock and Robert Kunkel of Germany. So there's like, again, it's just the level of the Italians and the Germans. And then Lucrezia Bacari and Matteo Garis of Italy, too. It's just all of those teams. It, that's why it's the Italian and German battle. I make it yeah, so exciting. It feels like that, doesn't it? Uh, there, there could be a mix podium with these two flags or there could be a, an entirely Italian podium uh, we don't know what could happen but let's not forget the Hungarians as well Maria Pavlova and Alexei Zviachenko they've been so strong this season and I think that they're also going to be there fighting for a medal and they'll do whatever they can do to show what they can do and and get very high the goals um, fourth at the Grand Prix final which is quite a good result uh, thinking about how strong the field was there and how interesting it was. So let, let's see. Yeah. And they were a last minute replacement. Yeah. Yep. And they Correct. came in and got fourth. So yeah, there's something to be said for that. There's also Anastasia Metelkina and Luka Barulova of Georgia who haven't really had a, a lot of experience as a team up against the senior, the other senior teams yet they could come in and take the whole thing away from everyone because their scores have been so high, at least on the junior circuit. I'm really interested to get to see them against some of the top teams in the world. Yeah, they're definitely consistent skaters. They're very good with their technical elements. So definitely a threat. I, I'm, mm-hmm. That's why I'm, I'm very excited to see the, the pairs uh, <laughs> event. It's It's... I, I don't know what's going to happen there. And that's the excitement of it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, it could not, you know, they could win it all and, and not be an Italian or a German team on the top of the podium. Yeah. Yeah. But I just do like I and this Italian and the Germans, the way they have been kind of back and forth um, all season um, competing against each other. It's just, it shows the depth both in Germany and both in Italy. And it's really exciting. So it's definitely Mm. exciting to see the growth that has happened uh, in those two countries in pairs. Um, And hopefully the future we'll get to see even more. Yeah. All right. Time for dance guys. (laughs) Right. Uh, Can I say, I don't know whether you agree with that, but I think the Ice Dance is probably the one that is the easiest to try to predict in terms of the results. Mm-hmm. Um, I would agree. Uh, I so definitely, definitely the would. first two spots is a fight between the Italians, Charlene Guignard and Marco Fabri. They are the reigning uh, European champions. They're the silver world medalists. They are the silver Grand Prix final uh, medalists. They're a super strong team. It's going to be their 12th European Championship attendance. They're super experienced. I don't, there's no other team at this event for that matter that has got the same experience. And um, so they'll definitely try to confirm the Continental title again. But the fight coming from Lila Fear and Lewis Gibson of Great Britain is there. Actually, this year for the first time at NHK Trophy, 
the Brits won against the Italian, which never happened before. Uh, they then ended up qualifying for the Grand Prix final as well. They ended in fourth place there. Uh, but I don't think that we can take for granted that the Italians will definitely get the title because they are probably the strongest team from a technical point of view at this event. Yes, definitely. But the Brits are just behind and they are craving that gold medal. They want it so much. And the point difference has always been quite minimal between between these two teams. So yeah. if it's these one or two or three points that are going to make a difference, then a difference will be made. And I don't know in which direction, though. Yeah, and I mean, all right. So let's not forget that just a couple of years ago, Victoria Sinitsyn and Nikita Katsalapov upset Gabriela Papadakis and Guillaume Cizerone. So, I mean, nothing can be taken for granted here. Plus, I mean, we've talked about NHK Trophy. It seems like in the ice dance sometimes there weird things happen <laughs> at NHK Trophy. For some reason, the results, sometimes there's upsets and different things. Um, but looking at this competition, yeah, I think that Grignard and Fabry and Fear and Gibson are going to be duking it out for the gold medal. Grignard and Fabry, as you said, Matteo, are so technically solid. Um, and Fear and Gibson have been working very hard on some of the the issues with their skating that they need to improve on and are showing that they're definitely hungry for more than what they have received so far. So I think it's that's going to be fun. I think you're right when you said that it's the easiest to predict. I think maybe because I think we know which teams are in the mix for the medals. And then we also know that if any glaring errors are made, there are some other teams right behind them that could capitalize on it. But I think as far as the fight for gold, silver, and bronze, I think we're pretty, you know, it's pretty solid knowing. Because um, in the bronze, I mean, what about a home European championships for Allison Reed and Solius Ambrulovicius getting to compete yes. there in Kaunas? front of the home audience. They won bronze at both NHK and Skate Canada. They were fourth at Europeans last year. The top four teams from Europeans last year are competing here again. In fact, the top four teams competed um, at NHK Trophy. So this could be Reed and, and um, this could be Allison and Solius's chance to land on that European podium. That would be fantastic. And I remember that, uh, so that the, the reigning bronze medalists are Finland's Julia Turkila and Mattia Versluis. And it was beautiful to witness them winning in Espo, Finland last year in front of their home audience. It's, it's a very lovely feeling. And of course, I'm wishing every skater the best this year, mm -hmm. but I think it will be fantastic to see uh, Reed and Ambrulavicius winning in Lithuania, and uh, what I've heard is that the tickets at the Ice Dance final are being sold quite well. So I'm I'm expecting that that arena, which is quite big, will have a lot of Lithuanians and fans there to 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 watch the Ice Dance final. Maybe because they are hoping that they will be able to to cheer for for the local team winning a medal. So let's see. That's going to be a very interesting one. And if you look at the current season, uh, Reed and Ambrulevicius won two bronze medals 
at uh, the Grand Prix events that were as, while um, the uh, Finnish team won a bronze medal as ESPO, but they didn't make it to the podium at NHK Trophy. It's exactly because the Lithuanians got the bronze medal there. So it's mm -hmm. not that NHK Trophy <laughs> predicts what's going to happen at the European Championships, but that was a taster of what could happen. Mm -hmm. And let's see what this week will bring. Yeah, it's going to be exciting. That's for sure. And right behind them, we've got Evgenia Loparova and Jeffrey Brousseau of France. Two bronze medals on the Grand Prix this year. Fifth at last year's European Championships. They've had a good season so far. Um, I think their rhythm dance is probably the most um, outside the box that we've seen from the 80s rhythm dance this season. And their free skate is a contrast to that. So I think, you know, this is a great opportunity for them to put out some great skates and, and get a good finish here. Absolutely. They're a strong team. And um, although it feels like we are focusing on the Finnish and the Lithuanians to fight for the bronze medal, we should definitely not discard this team from the battle. Because, again, if you look at the points, the points are there. There is a very small difference between these teams and anything could happen. We've seen competitions this year during the Grand Prix where in the ice dance, we, <laughs> that there was a, a was it a Chinese event where the tweezers were messed up by a lot of skaters. Oh, goodness. Freedom dance, and we were all like, what's happening? Is the ice cursed? <laughs> Why is this <laughs> happening? Which is some, It's something quite unusual for the ice dance, but actually could happen. Mm -hmm. Mistakes are made. We're all human. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Or, on the contrary, someone could deliver a fantastic skate and the next one could do exactly the same thing. So the judges will be in quite a difficult position <laughs> to be able to score them. We, we don't know, but we'll see. That That's what makes this kind of event uh, exciting. Yeah, we get to welcome back Natalie Tashlerova and Philip Tashler, who were out. We knew for injury, um, Philip had fractured vertebrae. And they really had to take the take it slow coming back, but it seems like it's been successful. Uh, Claire Cloutier over at A Divine Sport did a great article with them, um, just detailing everything that, that was going on. So I'm excited to see where they finish here because they're still just coming back from that injury. Yeah, and the article is very interesting. You're right, Daphne, because it's basically showing that, I think, you know, it's mentioning what we all know, which is this team had a very quick and strong progression, mm -hmm. uh, particularly across the last couple of years. Yes. And um, But the injury is quite important. So they took the right decision to withdraw from the second Grand Prix that they were assigned to. And according to what they declared um, and shared in this interview, they, Philip felt like the recovery was already there for him to start, I think, midway through December. So they started to do, he started to do the rehabilitation and reintroduction into the skating. And they felt that they got to a position that allowed them to confirm their attendance to the European Championships. So let's see, they, they changed the way they, they skate, they train, because he's now aware of um, what he was facing back then. But his words have been, I've got no back pain anymore now. I feel like I'm able to skate without any pain. So that's it. Uh, they'll 
they, they also have very strong programs and their free skate is quite important to them because it's uh, dedicated to their father that passed away yes. recently. So mm -hmm. I think that they'll, they'll bring quite a lot to the ice anyway. Yeah, I think it's going to be very emotional for them. Yeah. As we get to these bigger competitions, especially the ones that, you know, placement and points mean more. Mm -hmm. I think these performances are probably where they're going to draw from deep within when they're putting that program out to the audience. Yeah. Uh, the last name I wanted to mention, um, Tiana Davis and Gleb Smolkin, they've competed against some of the other teams throughout the season at Challenger Series events. They won Dennis Ten Memorial. They won the Budapest Challenger as well. Uh, they did not have a Grand Prix Series. Again, this is a team that represented Russia at the 2022 Olympics. They sat out, and now they're back skating for Georgia. This is their second European Championships, but first representing Georgia. I'm expecting this team to finish in the top 10 maybe around the middle of the top 10, but I'm not sure. I think this is a big test as to what they're able to accomplish as they will be there against, you know, Grignard and Fabry and Fear and Gibson and all of the big guns for Europe. And yeah, I'm interested in where they're going to end up in that mix because there's a lot of competition in the top 10 and i'm curious as to where they're going to be yeah and I, I i definitely agree with you i think a top 10 finish is not unrealistic for this team there are quite a lot of strong teams out there as well but they again if we look at the scores i think that they could have a top 10 finish so let's keep an eye on them yeah i think that you know we haven't seen them you know as well as I do that when we get everyone together, scoring elements, it switches up. And so yeah. once you get the teams all in the same place, things may not work out the way that you're expecting. So I'm definitely interested to to see how this works out. Um, it looks like it's going to be quite a fierce battle mm. is there anyone we're missing i mean we're, we've got um one of the things i want to mention we do have the second team from czech republic which is katarina moraskova and daniel morasek who are debuting at the senior level this is the these are the 2023 world junior champions that are going to be competing here um we also have uh, the second Brits, uh, Phoebe Becker and James Hernandez, who were fourth at Junior Worlds last year. Um, and it's I think it's going to be great also to see Solen Mazinga and Marco Gairagienko back at a big competition. They have been working their way back this season, and it's been really great to see them um back out on the ice again indeed yeah and uh, i think we can also mention sofia val and azef kazimov of spain yes. so i think uh listeners are probably aware of the little debate <laughs> that came yes. after the national yep. where... i think everybody knows about that one yeah. <laughs> there's so, always a little of... there's always a little drama in ice dance <laughs> of course we love that <laughs> 
So basically, the long story short is that Olivia's Martin team Deke uh, ended up winning nationals, but because of the allocation system that the Spanish Federation had at that stage, uh, Sofia Val and as as Kazimov had a higher technical result from different competitions, and they ended up being appointed to both European and World Championships. Mm-hmm. However, there was a massive debate, and uh, I think that the result got the decision got. Um, appealed particularly i think the uh ice academy and Montreal as well i think got in touch with the federation saying are you sure about that and the decision of the federation was to send to keep um val and kazimov competing at european championships however sophia's mars and uh team Deke will be competing at world championships so they changed that side of the, the their decision um, but it's going to be interesting. I still think that Val and Casimos are not to be discarded. They're a strong team. They're growing. They've been together for just a few years, but they're putting a lot of work together. And uh, I think that I will get into this event wanting to prove that they've grown so much compared to last year. And uh, hopefully, yeah, be able to deliver and get to a position that they're happy with. Yeah, and another new team this season and kind of a switch. Nikolai Mezhirov of Sweden is going to be making his European debut as an ice dancer with his partner, Mila Rude-Wrighton. And so there are lots of little stories within this competition, just personal achievements and new partnerships. And it's just, it's really exciting. Um, And I'm looking forward to... I'll be watching, you know, on the feed um, that we have, but I'm jealous, Mateo, that you are going to be there in person (laughs) to see this competition. I have to confess that I'm very much looking forward to it now. (laughs) (laughs) I would leave today if I could. (laughs) (laughs) I feel like everybody's either going to Canadians or Europeans this weekend. I'm sitting home. Yep. But I know nationals, U.S. nationals is just two weeks away. So it's okay. I'll have my chance in a little bit. But yeah, I'm like between Melanie and Danielle at Canadians and, and Robin and you going to Europeans. It's like, oh, where am I going? Exactly. Gina, you, me, and Anne will stay behind. Yep. Maybe we'll have a call at the end of the week just so we can talk out, you know, what has what has happened so far. I like um, that idea. <laughs> I think it's going to be it's going to be really fun to see how things play out um and and just see you know who ends up walking away with the medals so um gina can you let folks know where they can find us well you can find us at our website it's thisweekinskating.com on social media the site formerly known as at as twitter at this wk in skating Facebook, Instagram, and threads. It's just this week in skating. We love your feedback or your questions. You can reach out to us on social media or email us at thisweekinskating at gmail.com. Special thanks to Mateo for joining us for this episode. Safe travels, Mateo. (laughs) Thank you. Yeah, and I'm very glad to be having this chance to go there. So... (laughs) You'll see. You'll see. I report back soon. <laughs> Excellent. That sounds good. Mateo's got some great ideas for interviews that he messaged me about. So I think it's going to be a lot of fun um, getting to uh, to read about the competition through his experience. 
with that, we've reached the end of our episode. Thanks for listening. I'm Daphne. And I'm Gina. And I'm Mateo. And you've been listening to This Week in Skating. Have an ice week. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.